calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the Drabblecast, episode 94. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. We've got a story about car troubles today, something I know I've had my fair share of. But first, a quick 100-word Drabble story called The Night Sky from listener Wonko. We pulled this from our community Drabble bin in our discussion forums. Take a break from pulling your hair out this crazy holiday season, sit down with a cold glass of something alcoholic, and write a hundred-word Drabble story. It'll do you good. I look up into the night sky and see the vastness of the universe and creation's infinite majesty. I look up into the night sky and feel the cool breeze across my face, refreshing me and causing me to shiver. I look up into the night sky and hear the sounds of the night, the animals playing beyond anyone's notice, and wonder what they think of us. I look up into the night sky and smell a rainstorm coming, clearing the air of dirt and grime. I look up into the night sky and think, this outhouse needs a roof. Our feature story is called Squidges by Thomas Canfield. Thomas says he's scared of politicians, lawyers, and oil company executives. He prefers dogs and beer. I'm with him there. Joining me in the narration of this week's story are two voices from fellow fiction podcast The Doonstief, Rish Outfield and Big Anklevich. You should check out The Doonstief if you get a chance, especially if you're commuting somewhere over the holiday and you want to fill your iPod with more stories. Last week, they ran a pretty fun story by Kevin Anderson called Framing and Mounting Fairies, which cracked me up. So, off we go. Without further ado, Squidges by Thomas Canfield. If it wasn't for the fact that I've been having trouble with my car, there was no way I would have been up at the main brother's place. 
but the problem was really beginning to annoy me. It was getting worse, so I'd driven the five miles out of town to see the mains. If you wanted your car fixed, and fixed right, that was where you brought it. Anyone local knew that. There were no better mechanics anywhere. A dirt drive led off the main road to their place. My car was bucking all the way up to the incline of their garage. One of the brothers, Alex, I think, was sitting on an overturned plastic milk crate next to the far bay. I parked, got out of the car, and began walking toward him. Alex hardly even stirred as I approached. A two-day growth of stubble covered his cheeks and jaw, and he had a greasy ball cap pulled down low over his eyes. A quart bottle of beer rested between his big, work-calloused hands. And on his lap next to him, a package of Twinkies. I'd forgotten. It was just about lunchtime. Alex, how's everything? I greeted him. Everything's a lot like it was yesterday. Alex took a swig of beer, his Adam's apple bobbing up and down. He wiped the back of his hand across his mouth. And yesterday was lousy. The main brothers were not exactly known for their conviviality. But that was all right. That wasn't the reason anyone went to them. I'm sorry to hear that. Your brother's around? Aaron had to go into town. Alan. Alex glanced back over his shoulder, gestured with a beer bottle. He's stripping a starter from a junker out back. Alan, Aaron, and Alex, the main brothers. They called their place the Triple A Garage, a play on their first names. I had always liked my own little joke better. I referred to them as the Toe Main Brothers, never to their phases, of course, and never to anyone who might be indiscreet or unwise enough to pass the word back along to one of the mains. It was not an exaggeration to say that the brothers had always been a little bit on the irritable side, even as kids. The passing of the years had not done anything to alleviate their collar. In fact, once, Aaron, I believe it was, was... Ah, but then, that, that's beside the point. They were great mechanics, and that was really all that mattered. So, uh, you think you could take a look at my car? I gestured at my 97 Lincoln. What's the matter with her? The main brothers always referred to cars as her. Exactly why automobiles qualified as the female gender, I had never been able to figure out. But it was an axiom of main brothers' car care philosophy, and as such, I had learned not to question it. Well, the engine's hesitating, and then when I start going up an incline, it begins to buck. It's been doing it for a couple weeks now. Yeah? Alex pushed the brim of his ball cap back on his forehead. Well, drive it in. That bay over there. You sure you don't want to finish your lunch first? I was looking at the quart bottle of beer, which was still maybe halfway full. Nah, that's all right. I can eat and work simultaneously. Do it all the time. Meaning he could drink and work simultaneously. Something else he did all of the time. I pulled my car into the garage started to get out. Don't get out. Alex rested a hand on the front left fender. Stay right there and pop the hood latch. I popped the latch and watched Alex disappear under the hood. He banged around for a couple minutes. I saw him take a swig from the beer bottle. All right, now start her up again. Rev the engine. Come on, rev it. Give it some damn gas, would you? Now he's off on Slowly, slowly, that's it. All right, good. Look at all those little bastards, would you? How did I guess? What is it? What did you find? Wait till I show this to Aaron, by God. 
Him thinking that it wasn't possible. Only I got the goods on him this time. He wiped his hands on a greasy rag. I jumped out of the car, genuinely concerned now. I caught up with Alex just as he was stuffing a Twinkie into his mouth. His jaw worked for a minute or so, and then he chased the treat down with a swallow of beer. I felt a faint queasiness in my stomach. What did you find? I asked, when he at last set the empty bottle of beer aside. You got a bad case of squidges here. Alex leaned toward me, peering into my face. The look was full of censure and disapproval. Real bad. Might be the worst case I ever seen. Squidges? This was a term I hadn't heard before. I was used to Maine brother colloquialisms. They had adopted a vocabulary largely unique to themselves, but this went beyond even that. It was inscrutable, indecipherable. Yeah, whole engine is infected. Oh, it's bad, all right. Um, I'm not sure I <laughs> understand. I've never heard of a squidges before. I tried to keep my voice level and calm, tried to avoid any hint of accusation. I'm not up all on the technical terms, of course. Maybe you can show me exactly what the problem is. Well, that usually takes a trained eye. Alex stroked the stubble on his chin. Your basic layman, he just isn't equipped to recognize these things. You not only got to know what you're looking for, you gotta know what you're looking at. This made some kind of sense, I supposed, as long as you didn't subject it to too close an analysis. But still... I just, I just want to see for myself, I said. Show me a squidges, just so I know what it looks like. A squidge, you mean? What? I stared at Alex. Bits of Twinkie clung to the stubble on his chin. A squidge. You said, show me a squidges. What you meant was, you want to see one. A squidge. I nodded, regretting that I'd said anything at all. It had been a mistake, that was plain. I was trespassing on the big fellow's turf, questioning his professional judgment, and, not unnaturally, he resented it. Alex draped a big, meaty paw around my shoulders, dragged me over to the front of the car. See there? Your valve cover gaskets are leaking. Bleeding oil. That's probably how they got in. Got in? I exclaimed, alarmed. Are you trying to tell me that they're alive? Alex looked puzzled. They're squidges, I already told you. Now you stand here and watch while I start the car. Any place that there's oil, that's where you're going to see squidges. They live in the oil. They thrive on it. That's why you've been having the problems you've been having. Alex climbed down into the car, started it up. Have a look. I poked my head under the hood. About the only thing I recognized well enough to identify were the spark plug wires and the battery... After that, it was mostly just pure guesswork and surmise. I didn't see any squidges, or at least I didn't see anything that a reasonable person would have said resembled a squidge. So I remained unconvinced. But just enough doubt lingered in my mind that I could not be entirely certain. Alex got out of the car. He walked over to me. Now that's something you aren't going to see every day. You know, it's a funny thing. When squidges first get down into an engine, they don't look like a whole lot, but once they're bathing in all that oil, they don't do nothing but grow bigger, uglier. A gruff voice interrupted him. That's about the unlikeliest bunch of BS I think I ever heard. 
A huge, shadowy figure stood in the opening of the bay, arms crossed over his chest. It was Aaron Maine. If I didn't know better, I'd swear that you was trying to scam one of our customers, Alex. But you do know better. Step on over here. I got something you're going to want to see. Aaron crossed over the floor of the garage. He scowled at me, then he scowled at his brother. He took a look under the hood. Sweet mother God! Squidges! What did I tell you? I said it would be a bad year for squidges. You get a mild winter like we had, followed by a wet spring, it's almost a sure thing. You would have known that yourself if you were half the mechanic that I am. This is serious. Aaron had a wild look in his eyes. His gaze darted around the interior of the garage, focusing on nothing. We gotta act fast. He rushed to a toolbox, began throwing tools out into the floor. He held up what looked to be a two-foot syringe, a coiled plumber's snake, and a pair of industrial bolt cutters that could shear through a steel I-beam. Then he rushed back to my car. Both men plunged in under my hood, jostling for position as though it were some sort of medical drama and the patient had just slipped into V-fib. I heard grunting noises and various oaths and imprecations. All that I could see was a flurry of elbows and two sets of enormous buttocks thrown up into the air. When the third main brother, Alan, came charging into the garage, leaping about and demanding to be let into the operation, I decided that it was time to take a walk. I left and came back two hours later. When I returned, all three main brothers were huddled up in earnest conclave, examining the contents of a pan filled with dirty oil. Alex looked up saw me and sauntered over with the bill in one hand and a fresh quart bottle of beer in the other. It was near thing, but I think we pulled it off. It's a good thing that you brought your car in when you did. Another day and who knows what might have happened. I looked at the work order. Squidges removed, it read. Oil inoculated. 17775. There was an additional $10 federally mandated disposal charge for interment of the dead squidges. I paid the bill without a word and hurried over to my car, wanting only to get away as quickly as possible. I started the car, eased it out of the bay and down the drive. I glanced in my rearview mirror as I was leaving. I could see the main brothers congregated out front of the garage doing a wild celebratory hornpipe. I made it back to the blacktop, punched the car up to 70, and she ran like a charm. Well, that was our story. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't you hate it when you're getting your oil changed, the mechanic comes out and he's like, hey, yeah, I just wanted to show you your air filter. I mean, you need this son of a bitch changed. Look at all the squidges around the edge here. And you're like, nah, that's that's okay, thanks. Uh, just, you know, change my oil. And he's like, okay, all right. But uh, I also wanted to show you your radiator. See, I took the liberty of taking this out for you and you, you need this son of a bitch changed. Look at all the Flynn truffles you got around the corners. And you're like, no, that's... That's really all right. Um, If you could just change my oil, that'd be awesome. 
And he's like, all right, all right. Well, at the very least, I wanted to show you my new iPhone. Uh, it's got all these cool applications. Look, I can turn it sideways and it does this little thing. And you're like, can you just change my freaking oil? Yeah. Let's hit some story feedback. A couple weeks ago, we ran Far, Far Away by Frank Key. This was a story about, well, magnetic, mute, blind love monkeys. Some people were totally baffled by this story, and it didn't do much for them. Like Lawrence Simon, who said, Usually I like the stories you select, but aside from the weird characters, I just didn't get into the story. Maybe the odd descriptions of the characters got in the way of the plot. Others were baffled, but still liked it. Like Camo Blamo, who said, It's been said many times before that there's a fine line between genius and insanity. Not only did Frank Key miss the line, he backed over it, spun the wheels, and replaced the line with two parallel skid marks heading toward a lush foliage full of love monkey eggs. I still have no idea what it was about, but I enjoyed it immensely. And some people just loved it. Kahama said, this story just captured my favorite story ever, Crown. I've watched, read, and listened to a lot of sci-fi, and I've always wondered what it must feel like to go completely bonkers on a long space voyage. Well, now I know. Most stories are told from the perspective of the one sane guy in the ship, but this one got me inside the head of the crazy guy. I loved it. If you'd like to leave a comment on this week's story, you can do so at our website, www.drabblecast.org, or you can join our discussion forums there. If you'd like to help us keep producing and bringing you weekly weird stories, chuck a donation our way by clicking the donate buttons on our website. All listener donations go toward paying our authors. That's all for this week. Join us next week for a special Drabblecast Christmas. Oh yes. The Drabblecast uses a Creative Commons attribution on commercial no derivatives license, which means you can't change it or sell it. You can share it all you like. Our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you that it's a squidge, not a squidges. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.